Mama, I got bad news, bad news. I've been rolling with some bad dudes, bad dudes. I've been trying to get a bag to, a bag to. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Ashes to Awesome podcast, Rising in Recovery. Our podcast provides light, hope, and understanding about addiction and mental health to those living within that life and the people who love them. Today's episode is brought to you by Revolution Recovery, helping men recover and become their best selves through support and treatment. They've been there and they understand. Hello, everybody. Watchers, listeners, supporters of all kinds. Welcome to another episode of the Weekend Ramble on the Ash to Awesome podcast. I'm your host, Chuck LaFlanche. With me in virtual studio, halfway around the world, is the lovely Dr. Lisa. How are you doing today, Lisa? I'm good. It's um, sunny. It's warm. It's the weekend. <laughs> it's warm, I'm she good. says. <laughs> <laughs> I know, as I sit here and look yeah. at snow outside the window, but, you know, yeah, I think it's yeah. been the mildest winter that we've had in Calgary that I've known. Um, no kidding, eh? No kidding. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's crazy. It's like five to miss, ten degrees every day. It's, I should I'll say I it. do miss that. I did miss it so much when I was in Saskatchewan for so long, right? It was just like I waited for three years for Chinook mm-hmm. that never came, right? I was like, does it like it just? It's always winter here. You don't get any right? breaks. Like that sucks, you know. Um, yeah, I, I did miss that. Of course, here it's hot. So but this hot. is like permanent <laughs> Chinook. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Geez, eh? We're, like, we're at the end of December, so January, February. Really? You'll, you'll still get a cold snap or two in there, but, you know, it's looking like a pretty mild winter for you, so, right? Maybe. Good stuff. Oh, there's always, <laughs> totally, there's always yeah. a cold snap. Yeah. February, February will kick missed, your ass. And I've missed, yeah. Um, yeah. I know. Mm. I know, probably, probably. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a problem for future Lisa, so <laughs> <laughs> present Lisa's okay. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, we didn't do the weekend ramble last weekend, and no, you know, eh? I missed it. It's funny. It's funny how you get to. Yeah. I know I didn't do a ramble. I didn't do a Wednesday with Ryan. Um, I've worked no less throughout this time, mm. but uh, it feels kind of weird. Like everything's just kind of out of whack right now. I'm kind of looking forward to get back on track, and you know, the uh, yeah. as much as I bitch and moan about Saturdays, and I do, right? Because like it's we do the Black Ash Radio, which is Saturday morning for me. Typically, I'll have another thing to record because it's Saturday, you know, for everybody else, you know, back home. And then we'll do this, right, at midnight. So it's mm-hmm. like there's a lot happening on a Saturday for me. There's, there's often I'll work day. 20 out of 24 hours, right? And I bitch and moan about it, but I tell you, I didn't have it last week and it felt kind of weird. So I'm kind of glad to be back on track this week for sure. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I so, agree. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, since when we last talked was i for the ramble had i moved yet yeah i must have you had yeah yeah, yeah. you had yeah, like yeah. i think just moved yeah yeah i would have because i moved here on yeah. the 12th and you're getting so settled in done. to crabby town i am uh, it's tougher than i thought it was going to be not tougher than i thought realized is maybe a better word right like i, I knew it would be hard i knew all those things but it's really fucking hard. <laughs> Not gonna lie. There's a sense of like I am the only. And I think foreigner there's something my... different about. Go ahead. There's, Go ahead. There's something different about knowing something will be hard and actually experiencing the hard. One hundred percent. Do you know what 100%. I mean? One hundred percent. I know what you mean. Um, I'm the only foreigner in my entire housing yeah. project here, right? Um, there's a couple of people that speak some broken English that I've talked to. Um, what's really funny is kids stare at me. 
they stare at me because there's no other, like, I, I imagine yeah. some of them, like, of course you've seen what white people, you haven't seen white people in the neighborhood though. Like that's a weird thing, right? For them. Right. Um, they stare at me all the time. So I make funny faces at them when their parents start looking and I get them in trouble sometimes. And it's just kind of fun. But <laughs> I'm sure they totally love that. I totally do it all the time. Yeah. yeah. I remember sometimes traveling you, yeah. years ago, mm-hmm. um, I traveled to Morocco and, uh, okay. I was with a friend and she was like five foot 10 and blonde. And, oh, wow. uh, we were in like some small towns in Morocco, not touristy spots. And I remember similarly, like the kids would come over and they would like sort of touch her. <laughs> you know? like, um, like, you know, just super fair, really blonde hair. Um, yeah, she was like very mesmerizing for the kids there. So no kidding. eh? No kidding. Yeah. So I have some Same fun thing. with them. Um, things like the grocery store. See, these are the little things that I never talked about. Maybe that's the difference between knowing it and living it are the little things that I never thought about. It's a grocery store. Nothing's in English, hmm. right? Um, driving and think about Thailand is there's food everywhere. These for like Thai people are typically slim and, and slight in general. I don't know how because there's food <laughs> everywhere here all the time. Uh, there's, there's little roadside carts, you know, with this or that thing is, is I don't know what's on them because I can't read the language. And so I'm driving by. And when you're driving mm-hmm. a scooter in Thailand, it takes all of your attention. So it's hard to like, to be yeah, curious, no you know? So that's been interesting. There's so much, if I could get this education. Have you found any, out, like, you know? are there any apps? Are there any apps where you can like, take like a photo of writing and it's able to decipher the writing oh, and translate, translate 100%, it? right? It was with the lack of that app is why I ended up with okay. the fire chicken, right? I'm sure I told you about that where I, where my, <laughs> yes, my phone died, did. right? <laughs> anybody that doesn't know what happened. I'm at the, I'm at yeah. the grocery store here, the big C as it were. And, uh, when I was, I was at Lotus that time. Anyway, I'm looking at, dog treats. That's what it was when my phone dies or my camera dies on my phone. So I've got no translator. I'm like, oh crap. But even that, even just buying dog treats, like you've got pictures, you think it's, but it's like, it'd be different if I was like, if I had a bunch of money, because then I wouldn't be concerned about price either. Right. So, but trying to, you know, be responsible with my money and and checking it out. So I was, I, I was instantly really frustrated that I didn't have my translator app to do just that, to take a picture of the thing and then, you know, transcribe it to English. Translated to English. So then I go into the KFC. I, nothing is in English. And the KFC, the fucking name is KFC. You'd think there'd be some English somewhere in there. Nope. So I had no idea <laughs> that I ordered enough chicken for five people and that it was the hottest chicken to ever exist in a KFC. So, but I'm not in a position to waste 20 bucks worth of chicken. So for the next two and a half days, I suffered it. I suffered that chicken good. Yes, I did. We got through it. Um, yeah. The other day, I go to buy what I think are sweet potatoes, get them home. I start peeling them. I think they're turnips because they're white. I melt it down. It all caught up to me all at the same time, you know, and I just had like a, it's actually really shitty. And then they turned out to be a white brand of Japanese sweet potatoes, version or whatever strain. They turned out really good. So I kind of kicked myself in the ass and went, okay, come on. 
right? <laughs> you know, like, let's just rethink about where you are in life and yeah. what's going on and times are good, right? But it's been interesting for sure. I feel like the universe was was trying to tell you something there. It's going to be okay. It's going to be yeah, okay. Yeah, it is. It is, right? I got my sidecar. Um, I found somebody to install it. Hopefully that say, gets done for Monday. Go ahead. Yeah. Perfect. No, I was going to say, like, I, I've never lived in a country like what you're doing where I, you know, couldn't speak the language, couldn't read the signs. But I remember um, many years ago, I spent about a year living in Australia. Yeah. And it was my first time, I think, traveling outside of North America. And I actually remember, and again, this is, you know, very much a privileged problem to have, but I remember it getting frustrating slash tiring that it was like I didn't know where to do things like for example right in Canada if you you know we can go to shoppers drug mart and we know that they've got you know shampoos and soaps and hair dryers and Tylenol and Advil and all the things and like I remember and again such a stupid little thing but I needed to buy a hair dryer because the plugs are all different and I was like well I just need to go to the drugstore to get a hairdryer. And the person that I was staying with was like looking at me going, like, you want to go to the drugstore to get a hairdryer? And I'm like, yes, you know, and and no, that's not the way it is there. But it's funny how much we take for granted knowing where and how to kind of get through our day. And that when it's just like constantly not knowing where to get things, how to get things. 100%. That's what I've been trying to describe. But you you have to add in for you that there's the language. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, but there's the language for you. Like, at least I could go Mm. into a store and be like, where's the hairdryer? (laughs) You know, but um, so I don't think, you know, I don't think I had it quite, it wasn't quite as challenging. Yeah. Yeah everything it takes effort and you know you got to think about everything and we take for granted how much we go throughout our day knowing Mm -hmm. stuff and just how tiring it is when you everything is effort all the time well said i i I wouldn't have said it that way but you got it bang on you really do right it's uh Mm. yeah it can be frustrating yeah again though these are privileged problems to have living in thailand I, like I'm in paradise, oh, you know, totally. I mean, Jesus, I, I got these wonderful yeah. people that helped me get the scooter in the, in the sidecar, get that done. I've got like, my life is pretty damn good. Right. That's like 14, 15 months ago, homeless yeah. in the winter in Regina, <laughs> Canada. Right. So I always have to remember that. Yeah. That said every now and again, yeah. especially with Christmas here, just adds to it. Right. It just adds to like all of it. You know, mm-hmm. I am allowed to have a little bit of a pissy pants as long as I get over and get my, you know, get back together here. So, hey guys, so that was just a little tidbit from from Danny Shannon, today's guest. Uh, before we get started, uh, I just want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Yatra Center in uh, Krabi, Thailand. So, I just experienced a uh, a thirty day stay, just over thirty day stay at the Yatra Center. Um, they are a trauma treatment center where where they know that addiction is a smoke, trauma is a fire. So. They have a holistic program that involves EMDR, IFS, and CBT, that's uh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy, um, internal family systems therapy, and cognitive behavioral therapy. 
as well. Uh, there is yoga, tai chi, mindfulness, meditation, ice baths. Their approach to trauma is absolutely amazing. I highly suggest you check them out. If you go to yatracenter.com, that's Y-A-T-R-A-C-N-T-R-E.com uh, for more information. Uh, and uh, our, you just might be surprised at how cost-effective traveling to Thailand for treatment can be. So if you are somewhat stable in your recovery and looking to begin your healing process, they just might be a great answer for you. Anyway, here's the show. Thanks for living it. Thanks for listening, guys. Now, here's the show. Okay. I have. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting. Um, recovery community. I, so I what's that Christmas? What, what, what's it been like? Christmas has sucked. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah. It just, but I knew yeah. that was going to happen, right? And something I've said a bunch of times, Lisa, this could have been, would have been the first Christmas I spent with my family in a very, very long time. And I wouldn't change it for the world because there's a reason I came here and I've got to address my traumas and I've got to learn and heal. And I'm in a position to do more. I'm in a position to do what I love. And that was not looking good when I was still back at home. The timing kind of sucked though. Right? You know? Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But here yeah. we are. One and more, I don't one know. more day I mean, to get through. It's New Year's Eve happen. here now. So, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Go ahead. You were going to say? Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Some people things, think things happen for a reason when they do. You know, mm-hmm. some people don't believe that, obviously, but, um, you know, hopefully you've got lots more Christmases to have. And, Hopefully one yeah, of those gets right. to be with your family and that well, what you've I wouldn't done be surprised this if I saw them over next year. <laughs> it's going to make should be awesome. Yeah. Has yeah. I know your mom's traveled a lot. Has she been to Thailand before? She has. Um not a great experience. I'll, that's a story she can only tell, though I wouldn't try and do it justice, but it did not go the way that it was planned to go. Mm-hmm. And um she was as sick as she's ever been, to use her words, while she was here. So and like in the fourth floor of a stair hotel, <laughs> it's like no elevator hotel. Oh, so right, it was something else for mom. Yeah, um, but that was always fun with a right? suitcase. Yeah, right. I guess they did a really good job of taking care okay. of her. Probably because they were worried about her dying on the property. Um, no, she she never experienced <laughs> the Thailand that that I'm experiencing. That's for sure. Right. I mean, this is this is crazy. Phuket is busy yeah. and nuts and. So I have to tell you, over Christmas, yeah. over Christmas, Alexis, who now refers to you fondly as Uncle Chris, asked to see where Uncle Chris is. And so oh. we found a 30-minute YouTube video of Thailand. Okay. And it, you know, it's it's a lot of it's done by drone, I think, and different footage, yeah. and it's like cities and it's the country and it's the beaches and um, and so she has said that we must go visit you. And so <laughs> we'll have to come see you in Thailand. Yes, you will. <laughs> I mean, that makes it official, right? Oh, mm-hmm. that would be just amazing. That'd be absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, is that, yeah. so you asked yeah, for my we'll address. Did that have, were you trying to show her exactly where I lived? Is that, 
No. Oh, okay. There's something else. Okay. 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 Um, yeah. That's, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't want to make that weird. So <laughs> I, I didn't actually it. think about that. She'd love yeah. it, but I hadn't, yeah. hadn't actually thought about that. Well, you know what? So. I just made the reel. Yeah. I just, when I was waiting for you and I to record, I just posted it up online of me driving for 30 minutes. Yeah. It starts at my house. But it's a one minute, it's 30 minutes condensed into one minute. Oh. You can show her that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it starts with me at my house oh, on the bike and then scooting away. She'll right? love that. Well, you just wait. And so I've here's never been there to... either. Hey, like I've never. Oh, never? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I've never been to Asia. So I. Um, Didn't you? you I think Korea. it was actually the year I finished. Oh, I did. You're right. Okay. Sorry. I think that counts. I did go I did. To South Sorry Korea. to the Koreans. Um, she didn't mean to disclude you in the Asian conversation okay. i know well i have to say so when i was in south korea i was actually there attending the they did a combined um international society of addiction medicine uh what was that again am i getting this confused anyways it was definitely the international society of addiction medicine conference and i went there actually with rob and monty um dr tange and dr ghosh and we had uh, presented there on a cannabis paper that we had done um mm -hmm. Absolutely loved it. Loved the food. Of course, again, couldn't speak the language and I've got celiac. So I had to, found a, a translator and I would go into a restaurant. I would show them this app. They would read it. Um, also, don't can't handle spicy food. We're like, you know, yeah. um, soul yeah. siblings that way. And they would bring me food and it was amazing. Um, yeah. But it was also at the time I was a few months out from writing my real college exams. I Alexis was a year old. I was breastfeeding. And I think I did that whole trip in seven days. And so, wow. um, so that's not really, I was there, but it was right. real quick. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. No. no. Kidding, right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Need, need to go back. No. Need to go no back kidding, to Asia. No so, and I, well, and I'll tell you what, right by Yatra, the yeah. new Yatra Center, the people that own his, that property that, that they moved on to have these beautiful villas right there. They're just beautiful. Um, that, oh. that you can stay at right beside Yatra. They're just amazing. I mean, you're welcome here, but it's a one bedroom loft in like the hood. I, really? Somehow I don't see the fam. Yeah. <laughs> you know, camped out on my main floor. But, yeah. You know. <laughs> Luckily, I feel like be, between you and Mike, I feel like, you know, you guys will have some advice and we can get a place and go over and oh, stay for a bit. Oh, yeah. For cheap, dirt cheap, right? Dirt cheap. Right? I was actually just looking with a friend today at flights. Beautiful. I don't know how. <laughs> Round trip right now, like if you were left in February, and I, I don't know when you're even, you know, considering something, but if this person was, was looking at leaving in middle of February, um, round trip for one person, two grand. My flight alone was more than that to get here. I'm not surprised by that. It just blows my oh, mind. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just timing and whatever. Because right? I know notice, like too. when we go, Yeah. Like we travel to South Africa every, uh, have many, many times, like my husband is from Cape Town. And so we've yeah. gone to South Africa quite a bit and we can usually get round trips to Cape Town. The cheapest, I think I've got them was 1600. Um, wow. And then up to, you know, 22, 23. I mean, you can spend as much as you want, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Um, generally can get them for that price. And I think what, what Canadians don't always realize is it is damn expensive to travel domestically in this country like it's crazy it really you is you can go it? overseas it's... cheaper than you can fly yeah. to halifax isn't that nuts yeah. hey isn't that nuts yeah it's yeah. insane it's it so, is stupid most definitely yeah. there's 
interesting here that the drugs are different here. They they have meth and they have a thing called Yaba, but it's not so like there isn't an opioid epidemic, right? Which is interesting. And from what I understand in Europe, it's not like that either. You know, the people that I met at Yatra, um, we're very clear about that. Mm-hmm. Australia, it's not such a big thing either. I mean, it's around. The fentanyl thing is around, but not. It's not an epidemic, and I don't know why that is. Mm. Right. So, I think you're really interesting. interesting to look at, like prescribing practices of opiates. You know, over well, the past ten or fifteen years in you, the different countries. When you were gone, we did that episode with Attica and Doctor Scott. I think mm-hmm. Doctor Scott. Um. He spoke quite a bit to some yeah. of the things that, that happened. Uh, Scott McDonald. Scott right? McDonald, that's it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He spoke to, to some of the things that have been happening over there. Yeah. He felt that it was more about geographics than anything. So I'd, I'd be curious, though, right? Um, I, I believe that's what he said anyway. You yeah. know, my memory isn't necessarily yeah. the greatest, right? But um, it, it is a curious thing that, mm-hmm. that it's not a thing. And it's not a thing here at all, the opioid epidemic. Like, it's just not, you know, I don't even know if they would know what Narcan is. That matter, yeah. So, um, an interesting thing, right? So, how does, is uh, have you oh, go ahead? Oh, no. oh you go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, okay, a friend of my mother's who got stranded in Canada during COVID, I think it was, but had been living abroad in the Philippines and, and somewhere else in Asia. Rhonda is her name, lives in Thailand in southern Thailand, down closer to the Malaysian border, and huh. was driving through Krabi today. So she stopped in and we got to chat. Um, we went for a coffee. So that was nice. That like, it's funny. She messaged me. She said, hey, I'm wow. from your mom's. I rented a room from her in Mustaf for a little while. Was, you know, I was going to be coming through and wondering if you want to go for coffee. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Yes, I do. I want to sit down <laughs> and speak English to somebody. And yep, yep, yep. So it was wonderful. She's actually working on a peace project. Wow. Here down in southern Thailand, so closer to the Malaysian border, there was, I guess, some years ago, um, an insurrection of sorts, um, a religious war, you know, between Muslims and Buddhists or Buddhists or Christians. I'm not sure exactly, so I shouldn't speak to that. But she is part of a project that is there to intersecular peace and start to bring everybody together and start to heal from that. I thought it was just this, like, just this wonderful story she was telling me. So I want to get some more information on what the organization's called. It's an NGO, wow. but um, you know, I'd definitely like to kind of share some of that because it was just, I just love hearing about healing now. I really do. After, you know, after my mm-hmm. experience at Yatra, you know, I just want the whole world to heal, right? mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I really do. It's uh Yeah. Things have changed, right? <laughs> yeah, drastic. And the world yeah. needs a lot of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we sure um, how are things going for Mike? Like, have you been in touch with them? Yatra's moved. Like, um, what's... yeah, they're they're still setting up the new site there. Um, I mean, the last time I saw it, there was still a ton of work to do. But then he sent me a picture of like the back area that had when I saw it, it was still pretty much like jungle. And then he had sent me a picture mere days later, and it was looking really good. So. I drove out there weekend before last, just randomly. Nobody even knew I was coming. I just showed up and went, started walking through the property going, ended up going for lunch <laughs> with a couple, with Carrie, the yoga instructor, and, and Teddy, one of the uh, support staff there. Um, I, think, oh, I think she's assistant director of something. I don't, I don't know. 
Teddy's a Thai girl though, and and uh, Carrie is from Detroit. Some crazy lived experience herself. Carrie and I really connected quite a bit. Um, well, being the yoga teacher, I mean, she was really mean. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. She's a beautiful soul, but um, <laughs> she was hard on me in a really good way, though. In a good way. Um, they're getting set up. They're they're getting ready to go. This new property is amazing. It's huge. I mean, it's not the opulence that the one in Phuket was. And I think that's really the, the best, like it was. It was just pure opulence, the whole thing. But I think it's more conducive to healing. It's like a 30-minute drive through the countryside. And all these crests, you know, those big like limestone hill mountain things to get to the Yatra Center. Mm-hmm. Whereas at Phuket, it was like, it was an hour of complete fucking chaos driving from the airport to the Yatra Center. It was nuts, right? <laughs> so like right away, just, just that. Right. Um, everything so about is it, it more isolated yeah. now, like out in the country yeah. kind of thing? Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Okay. No, that's it. Nothing here is that isolated yeah. though. Now for a quick public service announcement. One of the best ways to reduce stigma is with education. If you still have questions that we haven't answered on today's show, you can learn more about Together We Can's education group at twcrecoverylife.org. Hey everyone, this is Ryan Bathgate from Kaleidoscope Wednesdays. I wanted to bring a public service announcement to you today about Narcan, or also known as Naloxone. These kits uh, have saved so many lives over the years. Uh, I can attest for that. Uh, being in the industry for so long, I can tell you since we've had the opioid crisis declared in 2016, it has saved thousands of lives, and I've watched it personally save hundreds of lives. These kits are small, easy to use. Uh, you can keep them in your glove box or uh, or in a cupboard in your home, and you never know when somebody's going to need them. Uh, if you have a hard time finding a Narcan kit in your area, just email us here at Ashes to Awesome Podcast at gmail.com. Throw Narcan in the subject line, tell us where you are, and we'll do the legwork to find that for you. If you wanted to send me a question for my Kaleidoscope Wednesdays, again, email Ashes to Awesome Podcast at gmail.com. We will read that question on air, and I'll do my best to answer it in a comprehensive way. Uh, that's all I have for now. I will go back to the show. Thanks for listening. Right? Because, like, everything happens right yeah. on the side of the road. You know what I mean? So, like, hmm. when you're going from one village to another, one town to another, you don't even realize that. Because, like, it's all the houses just kind of are all there. It's very rare that you're actually in the country, right? It's a weird thing to try and explain without actually mm-hmm. showing it to somebody. But. So, but yeah, they're definitely, yeah, the, the, yeah. a lot of the conveniences like they're going to have to get used to not having for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And how are you, like, are you missing it? Missing being at Yatra? Um, yes. Mainly because of the connections though. Right. Like just having some people to talk to and bullshit with mm-hmm. and all of those things. Right. Um, that's the hardest part. Um, yeah. Yoga. I tried doing it myself for a little while. It's tough. Like, there's a reason that you have a yoga instructor, you know, because they, they can push you and they, you know, it's just, it's, it's accountability yeah. thing, right? You know? Um, so I don't know how I'm going to address yeah. that exactly. I don't know. Um, 
but I mean, I walk so much with Gibbs or with Gibson. That was my old dog's name with Sonny. Um, at least twice a day, sometimes three times a day. Though that third walk is like mm -hmm. at noon and it's, it's so hot that it's like a 10 minute walk. I <laughs> just, it's so bloody hot. Right. Right. But I try, I try and get out with them at like seven in the morning, just after the sun just is just, just risen. Right. Um, and then once just before it goes down at night as well. Um, it's scary at night here. I'm not gonna lie. Right. Like I always wonder what's going to come out of the grass or something because it's like, there's lots of like relative, you know, there's culvers and stuff here. Right. So. Uh. <laughs> and where do you guys walk like do you walk around your place or is that when you use the like do you guys take off and go somewhere further away or go to the beach or something well the sidecar is not hooked up yet so once that is yeah we will go for beach okay um but there's like it's a quarter mile and a quarter mile um like stretch of road for, between here and the main drag which almost is like almost country-ish okay right so I take him there and it's a, it's a nice yeah. incline going up that first quarter mile. Um, so I'll go up to the top and then back again and kind of, kind of jog shuffle it, you know, if I've got the energy that day. So, and it's like, it's yeah. enough for him for sure. It's, and we do that at least twice a day. Right. Um, if I've got time and the energy, I'll take him on the next, the next quarter mile leg right out to the main road and then back. So it's quite the, you know, mm. we do get quite the little workout in there. Um, and of course he's got the yard here as well. Yeah. We're playing all day. Right. So that's good. Right? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. He's coming along. So, so good. That's going to change here too. Not change, but that's something that we're going to add. So I'm going to hook up the GoPro to the sidecar and I'm going to start documenting us exploring Thailand together. It's going to be social media. Gold. Oh. All right. Right. Oh, wait, just yeah. wait. I can't wait for Alexis that's to awesome. see that. She's going to love that. Um, <laughs> Right, like she's gonna go crazy. You gotta get that. up some goggles. I feel yeah, like but, you know those. But you, you don't those have dogs to do that wearing here. those goggles. I know what you're saying. You don't really have to do that here. Here's why: you'll never go past sixty kilometers an hour, like ever. Fifty would be much more okay. regular. And like when I'm driving at night, I don't have any sunglasses or anything on, unless it's raining. I'll put the visor down on my okay. helmet. But um, it's like the bugs here. It's not like at home. You don't get them. It's, you know, at home, okay. you're like, you, you have to for the bugs. But here, it's like, they're crawlers, not flyers, I guess. I don't know. But they, it doesn't bug me at all, so why would it bother That somehow me? creeps me out. <laughs> yeah. It should. It should. Totally. Some fucking weird. Like, I totally. battle ants here all the time in my house. <laughs> so, but, uh, ants. Yeah. I've got to constantly fighting ants. I don't ants. like bugs. No, right? no. Yeah. Um, I've got it pretty much under control now. I've just every day I got to find where the new leak is because they're like water. They will find that spot to get in and nothing's sealed here. Right. I'm Crazy, looking at a window hey? right now, Lisa, yeah. and I got two of them. The outside pane is up and raised like four inches and the inside pane is down and has a like four inch gap on the top. So like it's staggered. There's no screen. There's nothing in there. Right. Right. I got two of those in the house. Like anything can come yeah. in any damn time it wants. Oh, like I see geckos all the time, but geckos are good yeah. because they eat the bugs. I think that's a warm climate thing because it used to be like that in Australia. Um, I well, like yeah, I lived in course, South right. Africa for a year, same thing. Like yeah, nothing yeah. sealed, you know. No, well, um, why, why would you? Go I to that still expense? remember. Um, I know. I remember when uh, I had a friend from uh, who was from New Zealand who had come over. 
And I still remember them like going to the door, the front door of the house and like opening it and shutting it and opening it and shutting it. And like, they're like, it's like a fridge. It's just like, you can hear it. Like, like, yeah, (laughs) it was pretty funny. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So I got to tell you, um, I, so I worked all last week. Okay. Um, and I, so I've, I've been staff now for four or five years. Um, and I, I, I've often sort of lucked out, I think, and, and I've, I've, I've generally been off between Christmas and New Year. So this was, um, this was a first since I've been staff working between the hall, like in the holidays and it was crazy busy. Um, you know, half our docs are away on holidays. Um, so, I went into it kind of not knowing what to expect, you know, I was like, it's, you know, we're half staff. So I was like, I feel like that's going to make it busy. But then I also, you know, over the holidays, um, like I know Christmas day, which I've never worked, I've been told is generally super quiet, you know, because even people who aren't really necessarily feeling great, they're like, well, I'll go tomorrow. Yep. 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 It's usually pretty quiet. Um, And so I don't know this experience or this perception I had this week, what it's based on. Um, but we were busy. And I also had a colleague who generally works in the Emerge. Um, we sort of trade off halfway through the week and they were away on vacation. And so I did um, four back-to-back days in the Emerge. Um, one okay. of them on Boxing Day being on call. Yeah. And... Uh, it was wild. It was um, so much, so much drugs, so much, so oh. many. I don't know what the right little grammar is there, but so many people in the eMERGE this week, um, psychotic, um, most of them uh, on meth, lots of meth-fentanyl combos. Um, but the for some reason this week, what really stood out to me was something that you you often say was the perceived lack of connection yeah you know um and i don't know if i noticed it more because it was christmas and christmas for me is generally a happy time and like a time with family and a time with friends but these people so many so many patients um they're there they're there by themselves you know most of them yeah. didn't have anybody come with them, didn't have anybody visit them. Um, they're there, they're alone. Um, and it just really stood out to me this week, that perceived lack of connection. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just really heartbreaking. It's, and I don't think, I, I think you understand it, Lisa. But I think most people just by default wouldn't when I say that exactly what that means. Your perception is your reality, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. whether or not it's perceived doesn't really matter, right? That person is alone in their heart and in their mind, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and I think... I, you know, there's one, one individual guy this week who stood out to me and, um, he, you know, he was, I think in his late thirties, indigenous male, single, 
um, and hearing a bit about his history, you know, and just sort of a lifetime of trauma, um, abuse, he may in fact be fairly alone. Um, you know, like I, I, I did not feel that there was a lot of available, stable, supportive people for him. Um, but I think for me too, what, because I have a brother who's, you know, who's lived and struggled with addiction for over 20 years. And I know that he never needed to be alone. Mm -hmm. You know, we have always been, we're here. We want to be here. We want to be in your life. So I always can't help but wonder when I see some of these patients, are you really alone? But I can tell you without, with absolute certainty that every one of those people that I saw this week felt alone, believed they were alone. They were there telling me, I have nowhere to go. I have nobody to help me. I don't know what to do. I feel hopeless. Um, And so for them, there was definitely the perception, um, which is their reality, that they were alone. Mm -hmm. You know, which uh, it's... It's sad. And it is. And it speaks to the resilience of humans. One of the things that you've noticed, no doubt, in my my posts as of late is that message to not assume they know they're loved because of that perceived lack of connection, right? You can't. And then I can understand, right? Yeah. It sucks. It really does. So... If if you got a loved one out there, totally, you have to let them know, right? You know, and I know it's easy to get wrapped up in how unfair it is as a loved one, the things that you've gone through, the things that you continue to go through. But imagine how hard it is for that person that feels they are one hundred percent alone. That person that's done those things and is is dealing with that shame and that guilt. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. It's truly horrible, yep. right? And, and I, you know, I think like one of the gifts that I have in doing, like one of the privileges or gifts I have in doing the work I do, is mm-hmm. that I'm, I am a loved one, right? I, I don't have the lived experience. Yep. I haven't walked in those shoes, but I'm, mm-hmm. I've, I've lived in the loved one shoes. Yeah, you um, have. <laughs> and yes, it's hard, and you feel helpless, and you. You know, like, it's like you suffer alongside the person you love, and yet you can do nothing to fix the problem. It's like you two are suffering, and yet you there's no solution for you to fix it, to make it stop, to make it better. But I think because I also work in, in the career that I do, is that I sit with these patients, and I hear these stories, and I see the pain and the suffering and the tears and the fears and I see it and because it's very easy and I've, I've done this too. I like in the loved one role, I've have been mad. I've been mad. I've been resentful. I've been frustrated. I've been all of those things. And then I go and I sit with patients who I'm not emotionally connected to as a loved one, you know, but I'm connected to as a physician patient situation and their suffering and their perception of lack of connection is so real. It is so yes. sincere. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not fake. They're not pretending. It's not put on. Um, yeah. 
And that really helps me from being incredibly resentful and frustrated sometimes. Yeah, um, right. So, yeah, I've never really thought about the fact that that, you know, that that is a privilege I have in, in, cause it's different when it's your own loved one, when it's your own loved one, that's, you know, you're just so emotionally connected to it that, you know, and because you're hurt and you're scared, you get angry and resentful and frustrated. But so it's hard to sometimes when you're feeling those things to, to find the compassion in those moments. But when you sit with people like these patients, they have no reason to bullshit me, lie to me. No. Um, and it's, it's very real, you know? Um, and it was interesting too, because last week I also um, had a girl who I, I know a little bit, um, reach out to me from Vancouver. Um, you know, she sent me a Facebook message asking for help. Um, and it's a bit difficult because I don't, I don't know Vancouver very well and I don't know resources very well. Um, and I had said, you know, if you can get to Calgary, like I can definitely help. But of course, how does she get to Calgary? Like this is a girl who's homeless, living in East Hastings. Um, and I said, like, let me try to do some some research and, and see if I can get some information for you. And I reached out to in downtown Vancouver, the equivalent in Calgary to like the RAM clinic, like the rapid access addiction medicine um, program yeah. that's there. And it's based out of St. Paul's. And I called them to get information. And the lady that, you know, answered the phone was so lovely. Um, you know, she gave me all the information, all the hours, you know, she even went so far as to say, you know, we really hope she comes in. Um, and she said, you know, we have social workers, we have doctors, we can assist with medication, we can assist from a social work perspective to make sure she's safe, we can help her apply to residential programs. Um, and it just kind of, and it's funny, because again, I do this for work, so it shouldn't really feel like a surprise to me. Um, but as the disconnect between, I think, the fact that this girl felt like she didn't know where to go, she didn't know what to do, she felt there was no help available. And then I call and speak to a program that was probably blocks away from where she was, yeah. and speak to this lovely person who's like, we can help her. Yeah. And so it's, uh, you know, it's interesting to me as to how I think there is a lot. There's not sufficient help. I will say that, but there is help. There's and yet I think people, people living in the life. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kind of, you know, made me question over the last week, like, how do we get that across to the people who need it? And you know, um, that question is how indeed, right? Because it, now it's harm reduction has a lot to do with that. And like we were talking pre-recording, you're you're the person that kind of tuned me into that that concept that it's a chance to you know for connection. Um, and I should say we do have a sponsor in Vancouver, you know, um, the biggest treatment centers in Canada, um, TWC. Um, next time somebody calls you from Vancouver. <laughs> You just let us know, right? And that, yeah. that's a like that's a no brainer yeah. phone call. I didn't even think about that till just now as you were speaking about Lisa, right? Um, yeah, that was one of the, that was one of the things that was made very clear when TWC came on as our first sponsor way back when was, you know, if if you've got people that need help, we are here, right? So, 
Um, that's together we can recovery community. So great recovery society, I guess it is. Um, definitely that is somebody. And what, and do, if they, you are what still, do they offer? I mean, I know the name. Everything. Everything. They are. Um, there's, I believe there's a detox program. I know, I know that they, they do have people fresh off. They have long-term treatment. They have interim housing. They have supports for families. They have like, they are, there, there isn't much they don't cover. HWC, like they, they offer everything there, right? And um, residential? The for families Do they have free. residential? They are the biggest residential treatment centers in Canada. They have, they have more beds than anybody does. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So. And what's the cost? Um, most of it's government funded. Most of it's paid with per diem. Um, if not all of it, in a case like that, actually. I do believe, actually. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that it is publicly funded. Um, almost everything they do, right? So um, wow. definitely worth. And do you know at, where they're located right? in Vancouver? Um, no, but it's twcrecoverylife.org. Uh, that said, I have a direct line of communication yeah, with the look. ED, right? Um, I can actually give you mm -hmm. the email address to the person you need to know if you're looking for that. Um, yeah, and yeah. we can have that conversation. He's actually a very good friend of Ryan's, a very good friend of Ryan's. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that is the okay. network. That is the recovery community right there kicking in. Um, definitely some, some right. help that way. And maybe for somebody else that's close to your life as well in there. Right. So, um, could draw mm -hmm. on those resources as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. I can't believe that none um, of that occurred to me until this very moment, but I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. even me, right? Like we, yeah. I mean, I, I know yeah. about them. I hear about them every time we do this. Um, yeah. Right. But yeah. And it just, it also made me think, you know, cause the, this girl had reached out and said, you know, you know what? I, I got to interrupt you. Living like I got, this. I got to interrupt you, know? you Lisa. Okay. The okay. two of us, there's a sponsor for this show we know about, I know a considerable amount about, and we never even considered that when we were sitting here thinking about resources. And that's what we do. Mm -hmm. How in the fuck mm -hmm. does somebody who's in it mm -hmm. get to this point? Right? Like just everything yeah. you just said. And here we are sitting in a place of like my, I think about them once a day didn't even occur to me. So how does somebody who's yeah. in the middle of it connect these dots? Right. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but it just like yeah. that seemed like a thing yeah. all of a sudden. All right. You know. And it made me think too, you know, that we always talk about, you know, let them know, let your loved ones know they're loved. And I, yes. Right. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But also, yes. um, I, I do think that, you can go an extra step and you can figure out the sort of things that we're talking about for this particular girl right now is where they're at, you know, like, cause sometimes they're not in the same city as you make mm -hmm. some phone calls, um, do a bit of we, research. We talked about and this very thing on to Black time, Ash today, Lisa, it's... right? We, we talked about this. Yeah. We have right? community it's like, send a everywhere. Number. Right? Yeah, we have community everywhere. Yeah, I don't care where you are in the world. Yeah. If you reach out, yeah. I know that we can yeah. find somebody in your part of the world with resources. I know we can. 
because yeah. uh, we've got people all and, over the place. And do it. Right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, like reach out, I will make whether time it's to the podcast, time. whoever. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then share that with your loved one. Because yes. again, um, like you take this particular girl, like she reached out to me, we had a conversation. Um, and I, you know, I said to her, I will do some research. And mm -hmm. she's homeless. You know, she had actually gone into the library. Um in Vancouver to message me. So she said, I will check back. Um, so again, like partly the fact that she's an active addiction, but also psychosocially, like if you don't have access to the internet readily, how do you do this stuff? You don't have a, a working phone, maybe. How do you do this stuff? So it's like, do some research for your loved one. And from time okay. to time, send them the number. You know, send a phone number, yep. you can, or an address, you know, because maybe they don't have a phone, but send an exactly. address, you know, you can go to this place on these days, these times, and people will help you Yeah. because you never yep. know when they're going to have that fleeting desire to get help. And if they don't know where to go, then it's, there's a greater chance that that fleeting moment passes. 100%. If, you know, if you, if they can look in and look at, the last message they got from their mom or their dad or their sibling or their friend and go, oh yeah, like I can just walk six blocks over there and apparently somebody can help me. They might go. Oh, repetition, you know, repetition and uh, keep sending it to them, whatever, whatever, right. Whatever it takes. It takes. Yeah. I actually just sent yeah, you yeah. the email address and name of the person you need to know. So <laughs> it's over there. Perfect. Um, I'm going to email them. <laughs> so that it's the and last I'll, message you, know, you see from me. Right? Yeah. 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 Right. And and if you tell them who you are yeah. and what you're like, yeah. you know, what you're part of, um, you'll definitely get his attention. Right. So mm -hmm. that was a commitment that was made yeah. early on yeah. in our relationship. So perfect. Um, and, and I'll reiterate yeah. what I was just saying. Right? Is that wherever awesome? you are like... in the world, wherever you are, if you reach out, if we don't know somebody, we know somebody who knows somebody. I guarantee it. I mm -hmm. guarantee it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, that it doesn't yeah. matter where you are. Right. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so true. Awesome. Right. It yeah. Is so, it is so. It's interesting too. This is making me think about, you sent me, um, you sent me some, some shared communication that was going on on the Facebook page and I did have a look at it and I think I was actually at work that day and didn't really have a chance to get back to you, but it was interesting. And it was somebody in the recovery community sort of going on about boundaries and enabling and the difference between them. Aha. Uh -huh. Yes. Do you yes. remember what I'm talking about? Oh, I certainly do. Yeah. That like yeah. really surprised me. Um, you know, and I'm not going to say who it is because I don't think that's relevant. No, it's not. Subsequent conversations have, have brought some clarity to that as well, right? Um, here's the thing, and people get, I have a pretty hard stance on not, like, feeding somebody is not enabling them. And, like, that's not even a conversation I'm really having, willing to have anymore with anybody. If you believe that feeding some yeah. a human being is enabling a human being, you're wrong, period. Feeding a human being is doing just that. Mm -hmm. It is feeding a human being. So let's just cut that shit out right now. Right? <laughs> it's not even a conversation I'm going to have with anybody anymore. I just, it's ridiculous to me. However, yeah, enabling and loving somebody 
that can be a trick. Those are going to be tricky waters to navigate, right? They can be. And yeah. you got to, if, if you don't, fuck. if you're not sure, if you're not doing things with intent, you got to reach out to somebody that can help maybe guide you through that process and, or, and support you through it, if nothing else. Yeah. Right? Because there isn't a yeah. one size fits all for any of this shit. For any aspect of addiction, there is no one size fits all. Right, not for the family members, not for people suffering in it, not for harm reduction people, not for not for people in the recovery industry. There's just no one size fits all to any of this shit. There is as many versions of recovery and help and addiction as there are souls in the world. And you know, maybe getting somebody to help you walk through that, maintaining healthy boundaries. Ryan and I have done two episodes on that just recently, right? Coming into the holidays for this reason, right? Yeah. Um, you do have to have healthy boundaries. You have to protect you and you have to protect the rest of your family. Um, you don't have to do anything. I wish that yeah. you would. At the same time, though, if you could let yeah. them know they're loved and just be, ah, so mm-hmm. freaking hard, you know, it is, yeah. it is. And I think, you know, because one of the, when, when, we, when we did the last weekend ramble, um, it was with Sonia, right? Yes, it was, yeah. She had some great insights on the bad eh? So I actually had, um, I know I loved her. Mm-hmm. I loved her. She was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually had people send me messages after okay. that came out. And yeah, I can actually share it with you. And in particular, it was about me sort of asking you and Sonia about okay. wanting... I want to make sure I say this properly, like that you kind of as a loved one want your loved one in active addiction to get to a place of desperation. Yeah. Because the hope is that from a place of desperation, they're going to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that, and I'm going to say it again, even though it was talked about two weeks ago, because I did get messages about it. And it's probably the thing that I personally have struggled with the most when it well, comes to having a brother um, who mm. struggled with addiction is the housing piece. Mm. That's a hard one because I agree with you that shelter, housing, water are basic human needs, right? And obviously you don't want to deny people shelter, housing, and water. Um, I can tell you though, that when my brother was housed, um, be it through, you know, some government programs that he temporarily had support from that kept him housed, I do believe that he was able to bullshit himself that he was somehow sort of okay because it's like you know i've got a place like and by having a place i'm okay like and to me there's a lot more to being okay than having a place but when he had a place he certainly there was this sort of arrogance about it that like i'm fine like i've got a place what are you talking about when my brother asked for help and went to Thailand was when he found himself sleeping in a stairwell. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember in the summer visiting with him in Vancouver and him talking about that stairwell 
and talking about how he would lay there and be like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm in a stairwell. And I think it was, and again, everyone's different, but for him, it was just like, I'm, I'm living in a stairwell. And that was this, I can't lie to myself anymore. This is what my life has come to. And I'm going to ask for help. So there are programs out there, housing first, you know, I think Gabor Mate, who I love a lot of his thoughts and insights, but he's a huge, everybody should have housing. Yeah. And I, I don't know where I stand on that. And maybe it's because again, it's different person to person. Um, But you know, I've, I've often, and I think I've even said to my brother, you don't need to sleep in a stairwell because I will help you sleep in a treatment center. Like I will help you go somewhere where you're safe and warm and fed and you can get help. But for me, I had this feeling that to get him an apartment, I was like, I'm just giving you a warm place to lie to yourself and to kill yourself slowly. And I was like, I can't do that. But then it's really tricky because I agree with you. And I bought my brother groceries all the time. Anytime I was with him, I bought him groceries. But it's like, I don't know. Like, And I don't even, even after we spoke about it two weeks ago, I don't even think I know where you and Sonia stand on it. And maybe it's because <laughs> it's just such a gray, muddled, ugly, uncertain thing. But it's like, I, I do feel that if my brother wasn't desperate, he wouldn't ask for help. And so how do so, you house and feed and all the things and still reaction, let someone get to a place of desperation? My gut reaction to that is there has to be, you, there still has to be boundaries, right? So I can house you, but you can't use, Yeah. right? And I don't know if that's like housing right. first, if that's judged by those ideals or not. But um, I mean, most certainly if you're going to allow somebody to stay in your home, that you, that's a boundary you are 100% allowed to put in place, right? And probably should. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. but again, that's, you know, every case is individual. Um, and housing as a form of treatment, and we talked about this in the episode, right? Um, with your friend, Dr. Scott, right? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Where he yeah. said the most effective treatment yeah. is Mark housing. Yeah. Mark Scott. Right? Mark Scott. Is housing. And I'm just housing. like, what? But it's not just housing. It's not just here. Everybody have a house and everybody have a locked door to go do your drugs behind. It, that comes with some caveats. Yeah. Having community, not, not just housing, yeah. community and yeah. supports and all of those things, right? Yeah. So, And I think the, the housing that know, Dr. Scott spoke about was... Hmm. There were staff, like this was staffed housing. This yes, wasn't just right. like, yeah. a, a community. here's the keys right? to an apartment, you know? Yes, you can't just, um, yeah. The worst thing you can do for yeah. somebody who's suffering a severe fentanyl addiction is give them a locked door to go hide behind. That's not going to yeah. work out well, Yeah. right? Not, and not without some sort of connection and some sort yeah. of supports and some sort of all those things, right? Staff, whatever. So in yeah. my mind, I might be wrong. And, and, and hey, anybody listening or watching, if you're if you're listening right now and you disagree, then by all means, you know, drop comments, do the things because yeah. I'm learning as we go. <laughs> Lord knows I am learning as we go. And again, right. I always have to remind myself too that like my brother's situation, just like everyone's situation, everyone's situation is unique. And in my brother's case, 
he didn't have to be homeless. He didn't have to sleep in a stairwell. There are people out there who have to. They have no other option. And that's different. My brother had Mm -hmm. places he could go, whether that was family's homes where, again, you can come, but you can't use. And there were certainly times in his addiction where that was not an option. That was, you know, he wasn't going to be able to just come stay at the house and not use. Um, There were also open doors to addiction programs that he knew he could go to. And he knew that as a family, he would, if he needed financial support to be in those programs, it was available to him. And not everyone has that. I would say a huge portion of people don't have that privilege. Um, So it is, it is different, but I do think that that's a lot of what families struggle with is like, I don't think any mother wants her child hungry on the streets, you know, and I, 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 I'm sure fathers neither, but as a mom, I speak to moms, but it's like, no parent wants that. But I think that that's where, that's what's so hard is that they're like, but if we give these things, does that just keep them where they're at? I'll speak to the food thing specifically. I'll, I'll speak to the food thing specifically. Yeah. In my mind, feeding another human being ends with that statement. Period. Mm-hmm. You're just feeding a human. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It, I don't give a shit what you spend yeah. your money on. I'm feeding a human. Yeah. And if you don't overthink it past yeah. that and you leave it at that, if nothing else, you're making, you're keeping mm-hmm. a connection with that person. If nothing else. Totally. That, that has to outweigh yeah. any negative consequences that you that may be perceived of feeding a human being. Yeah. So if I yeah. think the trick to that is to end the con- like to end that statement with "I am feeding a person." Period. Period. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. If you yeah. can do that, and then, it is an opportunity, you know, almost yeah. like harm reduction, right? Because if I it think is of like the harm times reduction, it's exactly when my like brother harm reduction, was. Right? Yeah. And if I think about the times that, you know, him and I would, what I would often do, because we didn't live in the same city. And, you know, I would, when I would visit him, we would go grocery shopping. And again, you know, a lot of those times he was not housed somewhere with access to a fridge. And so, but we would go grocery shopping and, you know, and I would also usually take him out for meals. Like we would go out to a restaurant and eat and, and I think it's a there's connection, there's time together. Um, we would laugh. Like I, I remember times that we would be grocery shopping and we would joke about when we were kids and I'll remember this. And and I think that it's connection, but it's also reminding people that reminding them about happy times. And you know, you happy too. times that were or happy times that can happen again. Right. Both people totally. in that circumstance. Totally. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know. Um, but it is. It's it's time to 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 connect and remind them. Yeah. That. One hundred percent. It is. It doesn't have to stay the way it is. You know. Um, that was like I had described, right? Like last Christmas, my brother had been here at my parents' home inactive addiction and that was the first christmas i think in five years that he was with us and that was a huge part of that uh, that holiday for us i think was i mean obviously we loved having him around but my hope throughout that entire few days that he was here 
was that we were reminding him of what existed outside of active addiction that was there for him, that was waiting for him. Um, You know, I think that's a huge part of, of maintaining that connection with people. 100%. Yeah. Oh dear. You know, and I think he was a lot like you because I think you kind of would keep away from, you know, like my brother was not someone who was beating on the doors, you know, breaking yeah. into the house, yeah. stealing things. He he generally when he's been unwell keeps us at a distance and I think it's mm-hmm. it's shame. Very similar to me. It's experience. not wanting to hurt us. Um so again, and, and I, I do appreciate that that's one side of the loved one piece that I don't really understand from a lived experience perspective is I, there's a lot of people watching this who say, but when I invite my child home, he robs us, he yells at me, he's abusive towards me. And that's just a whole other layer of complexity. Right. That, so you know, no one size fits all. And I don't know how many times but... we can say that. Yeah. No. No. Nope, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. Hey, Super why don't we switch hard, to something but... a little more positive and get into my favorite part of the show, it's the Daily Gratitudes. Today's Daily Gratitudes are brought to you by Yacha Treatment Centers in Phuket, Thailand. They are a clinic run by clinicians, not a business run by businessmen. And they know that where addiction is the smoke, trauma is the fire. Learn more at yachacenters.com. That's Y-A-T-R-A-C-E-N-T-R-E.com. And now here's your Daily Gratitudes. Why don't we do that? Let's do yeah. it. Let's All do right. it. What you got for today? Ah, what have I got? I think again, like after this week that I've had, I am grateful for my awareness of this community um, and the privileged position that I'm in to try to share that with people. You know, that to see people alone and feeling so hopeless and me having this community and so much awareness that there is hope, that there is absolutely hope. There are people everywhere who want to help you, you know, every one of you. Um, and I just like, it's true. I feel so lucky. Like there, there are, there's, you know, there are we know so many firsthand people who would volunteer their own time and energy and effort to help anybody who stepped up and said, I need help. And when I see patients um, feeling so hopeless and so alone, um, I feel so privileged to know that that's not true. Um, And to be in a position to be able to pass that on to people, you know, Um, I feel very grateful for this community and it's just getting bigger and bigger, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Really like it's just it constantly really expanding. Yeah. If I um, yeah. March last year and then to look at not even a year later, you know, like nine months later, how right. much further it's grown and expanded and it's just it's, incredible. It's crazy, you isn't know? it? It really is. It's absolutely crazy, yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's into my yeah. gratitudes. Recovery community, 100%. You know, I, um, earlier this week, you know, leading up to Christmas, I, I'd had a very, um, rough couple of days where, you know, I was, I was tempted, you know, um, 
I made that post and I don't know if you ever watched that blog post or not about when I was, you know, first, I saw that blog post two days ago. <laughs> totally the missed that post. The responses I got were fast and furious and amazing and recovery community 100%. Mm -hmm. And that's really what kind of got me on this kick for the last week yeah. was Every time I look around, every time I have a conversation, I'm just like in awe at that very same thing that you're talking about right now. And it's, yes, the Ashes Awesome World has grown in a big way and continues. It gets the growth now is it's off the charts. As we've been sitting here talking, I, like the notifications, I'm looking at them going, holy shit, it's crazy. So wonderful. Yeah. But we are connected to the blacklist. We're connected to Recover Out Loud. We're connected to F Around and Find Out. We're connected to Trap House Testimonies. We're connected to Sonia. We're connected to Jamie. We're connected. The list goes on and on and on and hard knocks and all the sponsors, right? All, all the sponsors, the, right? Of all of those places. I don't give a shit where you are in the world. We can find your resources, right? And we could to because of this amazing, you know, I, yeah. I compared it in, I don't know if it was a post or. I think it was maybe my next vlog post. Remember back in health class when we were kids? Well, if you slept with one person, you've slept with everybody. And that, like, it's this exponential growth about, you know. <laughs> I hate to, to, to compare these two things, but that is the same thing. By knowing us or listening to us, you are tapped into a community that goes so far beyond us, right? <laughs> it just, like, it, can, it never yeah. stops, right? And you not know, having, like myself not being in recovery, something yeah. that I hear and I feel like it's only recently that it's like really, like the importance of it is just pronounced for me is recover out loud. Oh yeah. Hey. Right? right? Because if you try to recover quietly, you don't connect to this community. The only nope. way you connect to this vast community of people that are available and, and helpful is if you're loud, you know, yep. whether yep. it's selfish. And, and I think it's always like, I think when you recover out loud, you help others and you help yourself. 100%. You know? um, 100%. Look what it's done for me. Because there's this huge community. Right. You know, yeah. there's, there's no way. Yeah. There is no way if I went and got a job in a warehouse like I had planned to a year ago this month that I'm sober right now. There's no way. I guarantee it. Recovering out loud has saved my life, you know, and by yeah. extension, hopefully made a difference in somebody else's as well. You know, the odd person here and there. So, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. Good point, Lisa. Yeah. And one um, of the things that um, on the, the Black Ash podcast last night, one of the things, and I can't remember the guy's name, who was the guy that had the child that was in the background? Oh, that's, that's uh, Casey Jordan from F Around uh, and Recover. Yeah. Yeah. Casey. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things he said last night that also stood out to me was that he lives in a rural location. Mm -hmm. And so he was talking about just how important you know, this, the community, the recovery community and the act, the ability to access it virtually, how much difference that's been or made for him. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, even if you live in a small town and you don't want to go to an AA meeting, cause you don't want all 3000 people in your town to know you're in recovery. Well, you know, <laughs> so what it's like, then go virtual, you know, like there's, 
you know, or, and I mean, there are people who live in such little communities that I don't even know if they have AA meetings or NA meetings or whatever. And it's like, now, thanks to technology, it's like you can tap into the hugest recovery community, um, no matter Mm -hmm. where you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So please, everybody, (laughs) continue to like, comment, share, help us grow the platform, help us spread the message. Every time you do any one of these things, you're getting me a little bit closer to living my best life. My best life is to continue making a humble living, spreading the message. The message is this. If you're in active addiction right now, today could be the day. Today could be the day that you start a lifelong journey. Reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, call them to detox, go to a meeting. Please do something. Just get it started because it is so much better than the alternative. And if you have a loved one who's suffering, please, please reach out. Send them a text. Let them know they're loved. Use the words. You are loved. That little glimmer of hope just might be the thing that brings them back. So please don't